Hey, church family, blessings, blessings, blessings to you, to your family. Amen, amen, and amen. It is good to serve the Lord, I'm telling you. As the world gets crazier, I got more peace inside me than I've ever had because I know everything is going to work out. Remember this, we're talking about wisdom. God and his wisdom has put the end from the beginning. God and his wisdom has given us Bible prophecy, not to scare us, but to prepare us. That's why we have Matthew chapter 24, Luke, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 3, Thessalonians. He's given us this so we could stay in peace. As we see what's going on in the Middle East, all eyes are going to focus out towards Israel. All eyes are going to focus towards Jerusalem. All eyes are going to focus towards the Temple Mount. Israel is the hour, our hand of the clock. Jerusalem is the minute hand of the clock. The Temple Mount is the second hand. As you see more things aiming towards that, you know how close we're getting, amen, to the return of the Lord. So don't fear it. Look up, our redemption's drawing nigh. When you read Matthew chapter 24, remember he's talking to the Jewish people. We are not going to be here for that segment that's going to go on there. We most likely will not be here for the Ezekiel 38-39 war. We are going to be out of here enjoying those that were here last week and watched that amazing movie before the raft. We're going to be at that wedding feast. The door is going to be closed. The same with the story of the, five, the ten virgins. The five were full of oil. The five were not. All I can say to you to encourage you in these last days as we see inflation rising, as we see immorality rising, as we see evil and violence and lawlessness and all these things, get closer to Jesus. Amen. He is all wisdom. He is wisdom personified. Amen. And you might say, well, how do I get wisdom? And that's what I want to hit a little bit on tonight. Amen. Sunday, I kind of laid the foundation. We're going to keep building on this on Sunday each week, but it's my, my time to share the word on a Wednesday night. And I want to begin with a very special prayer that the Apostle Paul gave us in Ephesians chapter 1. So go ahead and turn to Ephesians 1. <clears throat> and this is, a, this is what I call a supernatural prayer. And, and I'm being very honest when I say this. I pray this prayer for you, the body of CFFC, the church family, and for my personal family just about every day. I can't think of many days that I don't pray this prayer. It's an amazing prayer. This in Ephesians chapter 3, there's another prayer there, but this one really gets into wisdom, and that's what we're going to be dealing with tonight. It really helps people to get their eyes open. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it says, the God of this world has blinded their eyes. Look, nobody, nobody in their right mind is going to see a sign there that says danger, bridge out, and say, well, I don't care. I'm just going to go out, go and fall over the end. So therefore, we know that people are not in their right mind when they're not receiving the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They're being blinded. So what we have to do is pray for their eyes to be open, just like they were for you and just like they were for me. A year before I get saved, 
I'm telling people, hey, you idiot, why do you want to die? Read a Bible? All it has is, and so-and-so begot, so-and-so begot, so-and-so. And then a year later, I'm on fire for God. What happened? Somebody prayed, and the scales were open, and now I could see. I was blind, but now I see, right? All right, so let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, and let's hang out here for a little bit. Then we're going to just park right here and just dig into these verses. So let's begin with verse 16. It's the Apostle Paul praying for the church of Ephesus, the church in Turkey here, and they're one of the strongest churches, or should I say mature. When he talks to the church of Corinthians, he says, hey, you guys are carnal. You guys are like babies. Here he's talking to the church of Ephesus, and he constantly talks about their maturity, talks about the armor of God, talks about our redemption in Christ, talks about who we are in Christ Jesus, on and on and on. So let's begin here. Verse 16. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And that's how I pray this. I say, Lord, I lift up the body of CFFC. I lift up the house, the fiolas, the gambas, the fenomas, my family, Lord. And I cease not to give thanks for them, making mention of them in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory to God Almighty, may give to you the spirit of wisdom. Wisdom, we learned on Sunday, is the principal thing. It's the most important thing. When there's a principal in the school, you know, he walks up and down the hallway. That's the principal. If there's a problem, the principal has to deal with it. The principal is the main guy. And here it says, wisdom is the principal thing. And right here he says, Lord, give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, revelation is so key because we as Christians, we walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. Knowledge will give us this, and this can come down into our heart, right? Again, we receive knowledge through our eye gates and our ear gates, but we receive wisdom how to apply that knowledge, wisdom how to use knowledge, Wisdom or common sense, how to deal with areas of our lives through revelation, through revelation. Paul says, I received a revelation. And he wrote, you know, two-thirds of the epistles. I mean, think about that. This guy never saw Jesus in the flesh. This guy uh, wasn't with the 12 apostles. This guy received such revelation that the apostle Peter, the, the rock of the church, said, this guy, Paul, his letters, listen to him. Some of them might be hard to understand, which simple people put aside, but they are the power of God. I believe that's in 2 Peter. Getting an understanding of the epistles, it, 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 it should be the, the ephesus of our life. I like uh, the, the author of the In Him book. He says we should spend the majority of our time in the epistles, in the letters to the church, churches, because we're the church, the letters to us. Look, I read the gospels every day. I have a reading plan that I go through the gospels. In fact, I'm doing a reading plan right now on the miracles of Jesus. So that's the healing miracles of Jesus. So that's 
in the Gospels, right? I love the Old Testament. I love Genesis. I love Job, Psalm, Proverbs. I try to read a Psalm a day and a proverb, a chapter of a proverb a day. But I have to force myself, or that's maybe not a right word to say, I have to also include in my diet the epistles because the epistles were written to the church. Again, Old Testament to the Jews, the gospel basically to the Jews. The book of Acts is the history of the church, the early church. Then you got the epistles from Romans to Jude. Then you got this great book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, who he is now seated at the right hand of God, the revelation of Jesus of his return and setting up his kingdom. Thy kingdom come, Lord, thy will be done. Amen. But so let's hang right here in the epistles. They were given to the apostle Paul. How? By revelation. He said, I was taken up into the third heaven. I was shown things that are just, I, I can barely say them. What was he shown? He was shown this very simply. Here it is in a nutshell. He said, the mystery that had been hid from all generations has now been revealed to us. And here's the mystery, ready? The mystery that Moses didn't know, the mystery that Adam and Eve didn't know, the mystery that none of them knew would be Christ the anointed one in us. Christ, the anointed one in us. Think about that. The Old Testament, you remember? Let's go pre-Solomon. Go, go to Moses, right? And uh, the two sons of Aaron, they, they're just being spunky. They're being kids. And they brought fire to the temple, you know, the ark that they had back then, the tabernacle. And what happened? They were dead. David comes up with a great idea. He's going to bring, bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, back, back there. And he's doing everything right. And then all of a sudden, one person, the, the, the ox starts uh, shifting and it looked like it was going to fall over. And a guy goes and he wants to hold it up, struck dead. Then there's another one where, where they went and they looked in the Ark and a plague came upon them. It's a holy thing. It has that scripture say, it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of a holy God. And this is why I feel so bad for unsaved people. I feel bad for people that are caught up in religion, thinking their little do's and don'ts are going to get them into the kingdom of God. We are under God's grace. God has poured out his mercy upon us. God has said, look, if you'll come in, you'll come into this ark. You'll come in under this umbrella. You'll come into the bride chamber, the, the bride and the bridegroom chamber, the wedding chamber. You'll be protected from my wrath. But those that choose not to, they are under the wrath of Almighty God. And for all eternity, they're going to have to suffer that. God has given everybody a chance. The Lord is long suffering, desiring that none perish but all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, when the Holy Spirit pricks at your heart, get on in, man. It says the Holy Spirit brings that conviction to the unsaved. I know it came in my life. I started making statements like, 
There's got to be more to life than this. This is it. Smoke my joints and, and listen to, to Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix. This is my life. And all of a sudden that conviction starts coming. And that's the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today. Don't let that day go by. Oh, I'm going to wait for tomorrow. Yeah, you wait for tomorrow. And who knows, a person might be driving 100 miles an hour and hit you and they're, you know, your whole family's dead. Now, I pray they were saved. I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is, well, I don't know if I got it tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. But I know what I can do right now. I can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, accept him as my atoning sacrifice, accept him as my tabernacle, accept him as my Ark of the Covenant. For there is salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. Amen, church family. Now, I know the majority of you are saved today. But if you got children that are unsaved, if you got loved ones that are unsaved, then what you got to do, you got to start praying. What do I pray? You pray this prayer right here, this Ephesian prayer. Lord, give on, to, give on to Joe, give on to Sally, give on to my daughter uh, Jill or whatever it might be. Give on to them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, open their eyes that they might see. Lord, help them to see what's going on. Lord, let them see that this world has gone bad. It's a, this world, and I think of the earth as like a beautiful apple, and that apple will stay beautiful for a long time. But then somebody puts a scar in it, and all of a sudden that thing starts rotting. Our world has got a lot of scars. Our United States has got a lot of scars. Many people think it's going to come back. I, I'm not. I'm a very positive person. I'm not positive with that. I see darkness becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. I see them not giving up this power that they have. I see them coming to a one world order, a great reset that they're talking about. I see all this coming about, but I'm also seeing a day of the resurrection of the dead, a day of the resurrection of us Christians in what's called the rapture rapture of the great apostles, amen, where we be with the Lord forever. So let's continue on here. That the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened and that we may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of this inheritance in the saints. So God wants us to have wisdom that we may understand and be enlightened. Have, a, have, a, have an enlightenment, amen. All of a sudden, get enlightened. You know, I, I saw on TV the other day, I don't know what TV, I don't watch TV, so it had to be on the internet, that witchcraft is growing bigger and bigger than ever before. Witchcraft, they call them uh, witchums, and they got all these weird names for them. You see these people, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but, you know, I, I'm trying to do a spell here, and I'm trying to do a spell here. They got to be careful. I tried it when I was a teenager, too, I go up in my attic. I had that those books. Uh, oh, I forgot what, what they were called. All black magic type of books, lighting the candles, the inset, all that. I thank God he pulled me out of that. I thank, See, this, this curiosity, and, and you know, without the, the standard of the Bible being taught in school or being shared in our communities, then what happens? All of a sudden, oh, I can do this stuff. Look. 
You open up yourself to demonic powers here. You open up yourself. I'm just going to play the Ouija board. I'm going to play Dungeons and Dragons. You better watch yourself because you know what? That little role play that you do there and you let in, you say, oh, this, this little demon is going to come and give me strength so I can get five moves on the board. I don't know. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. But that little demon can get inside you. And all of a sudden, they'll make it almost impossible for you to get born again. All of a sudden, a sexual demon can come on you or a perverted demon can come on you and different things like that. Look, we're under the blood of Jesus Christ, but I want to bring protection to other people too. And that's why praying in tongues is so powerful. Praying in tongues. I don't know what to pray for as I ought, but the Spirit can pray through me. And we pray in the Spirit and let the Holy Ghost pray through His church family. We're living in a day of lots of black magic. We're living in a day where people think it's cool to go play with tarot cards and stuff like that. I want to avoid every resemblance of evil in my life. Amen. Look, you know what? I'm 63. What do I got left? 20 years, 25 years. Man, I don't want to let any demon come play with my mind. I don't believe a Christian can be demon-possessed, but a Christian can sure become demon-obsessed. You know, get that in your mind where you can't even think clear anymore. No, no, no. Watch what goes through these eye gates. Watch what goes through these ear gates. Get the Word of God in you. Plug in your iPhone into your car. Listen to the Word of God. Get strong in the Word of God. Read books that'll build you up in the Word of God. Stay strong in the Lord. And before you know it, this life will be done and you'll have an eternal reward that's just beyond words. Amen, amen. That the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Man, we got an inheritance waiting for us. Well, what's that gonna be like? Joint heirs with Jesus Christ, heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. What does Jesus Christ own? everything. Colossians, uh, uh, um, Psalm chapter 8, he uphold, Hebrews chapter 1, he upholds all things by the word of his power. And now we're going to be joint heirs with him. Eternity is going to be cool, man. Don't miss it for anything. All right. Verse uh, 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. Our God is an awesome God. He is a great God. He's a powerful God. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to his working of his mighty power? Now, I don't have my concordance here, but there is the word power, which is dunamis power or dynamite or dynamo power. But there is also, I believe it's the word extrusia, which is the word authority. He has given us authority. That's why when we pray, we need to use authority. Look at the early church. They went up to people that needed healing and they said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. They didn't pray. Father God, I pray for so-and-so. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there is also an authority that God has given us for us to use, amen? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe? Are you a believer today? Write that there, I'm a believer, not a doubter. Knock that out. 
Believe God. Let's get rid of that unbelief so we can see our faith operate. This kind doesn't come out except through prayer and fasting. Why? Because of our unbelief. Look, we all battle it. We all get those thoughts in our mind. I'm going to die. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to this, that. Look, uh, oh, well, so-and-so died. That's right, so-and-so died. And you know what? So-and-so is with God Almighty right now, walking on streets of gold, doing awfully good. You deal with your life. My Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. When my kids come to the age of accountability, when they become mature enough, I can still pray for them, absolutely, but now they got to make decisions. They're adults. That's why as parents, we got to cut those apron cords. We got to let them fly, let them learn, let them understand. This is why it's so important when you take a child, you know, in, in a in our, in, in with Miss Ashley downstairs. And then they move up and they say, I don't want to go to teen group. I'm afraid to go to teen group. They're all teenagers. No, get them in there. Because after a week or two, they're going to settle right in. They're going to get under the ministry of John, get under the ministry of Hannah there. And all of a sudden, they're going to feel a new connection, a more grown-up connection. They're going to learn to pray together. They're going to learn to read their Bibles together. It's an awesome thing, awesome thing. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Where is Christ right now? Christ is not in the grave. I'm not going to say to the grave, bring up Christ. Christ is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Give me a, a wave there on that one. He is risen indeed. Where is he now? He is seated at the right hand of Almighty God. That word seated means he has the full authority. Now it blows me away that when Stephen was martyred, Stephen said, I, I, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Jesus stood up for the first martyr, stood up from his seat of authority. He stood up there and he looked to Stephen and basically saying, Come on, you're the first one. It's, it works. It's done. Redemption is complete. It's finished. That's why when people say, oh, you know, when you die, the Bible says you go to sleep. That sleep that it's talking about there is not talking about uh, dead sleep or whatever you want to call it. They, they have a name for it. That sleep, eh, the apostle Paul and even Jesus, when he came to Lazarus, you remember he said he's sleeping. And they said, well, if he's sleeping, that's good. No, guys, he's dead. Because in God's sight, our body is sleeping for a little while, but it's going to be taken up in the great resurrection on that day. It's going to be taken at the rapture first, all those that have died before us. And it's also going to be taken every person that's saved or their bodies are demolished during the great tribulation. They have their heads cut off. The billions, I believe, will literally be billions that'll be saved during the great tribulation. So don't lose hope. Even if your loved one says, I'll never get saved, say, okay, you'll never get saved. That's fine, but I'm praying for you. But remember this, if I disappear one day and they start talking about UFOs and all these other things, Remember, I told you that there is going to be what's called the rapture and find out about it. And when you get into that tribulation, don't you take that mark of the beast. You even die. You give your life for Jesus Christ because then you'll be up with me in heaven. Amen. 
Not going to be easy. This is the dispensation of grace. That goes back to the law right there. You, it's going to be extremely hard for those that are going to be alive during the tribulation, but many will be saved during that time. Listen, write a little something for them. Say, look, you just read this paper. When I'm, got, when, when, when I'm raptured out of here, you read it, and then you make sure you do what it says to do. Amen. I have a book by David Jeremiah that I leave up on my bookshelf facing out so it sticks out after the rapture. Amen. I think that's the title. I might be a little lost off on that. All right. Verse 20. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Ready? Come on. Shout it with me. Far above. I need you to write this now. Come on. Far above. One more time. Ready? Far above. Far above what, Pastor? All principalities, powers, might, dominion. What's he saying? He's far above Lucifer. He's far above, I don't know, names of other fallen angels and fallen demons. And I don't know their names. The only one we get is Satan, right? Far above Satan. Far above above demons, far above the fallen angels that, that went and had sex with, with the women over there in, in Genesis chapter, whatever it was, chapter 11, I believe it is, or chapter 8, and, and those uh, giants were born, right? And they said they were chained and tarious to the day of judgment. So they, they have been put in a whole separate place. Jesus' name is far above every one of those names. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we give him a praise right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah that his name is far above cancer. His name is far above leukemia. His name is far above liver cancer. His name is far above kidney cancer. His name is far above arthritis. His name is far above brain, surgery, uh, brain problems. His name is far above eye problems, ear problems. His name is far above, far above. Keep going. Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion. Now catch this one. And every name that is named, not only in this present age, this dispensation of grace that we're in, but also in that which is to come. The name, everything has a name. They'll give you a name for every disease in our body. Every, oh, you got this. Oh, you got that, 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 that. There's names for stars. There's names for organs. There's names for everything. I got a name. You got a name. And the name of Jesus is far above every one of those names. Every name that there is. The name of Caesar. The name of Nero. The name of any of these names. The name of Jesus is above every one of those names. That's why I like when Brandy shared on Sunday that she kept saying, fear not, only believe. Fear not, only believe. Fear not, only believe. Use the name of Jesus on the ailment that's coming against you. Foot in the name of Jesus, you are healed. And you say it over and over and over. For faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing in the continuous a sense. It's a verb that continues. I don't know all these different meanings, how they do these verbs, but it's not like you say it once. You say it over and over. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, 
and a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Father, you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear not, only believe. I speak that to you tonight. Fear not, only believe. Fear not, only believe. Fear not, only believe. Oh, pastor, I'm just so full of fear. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The thing, you know, there's that scripture, it says, cast not away therefore your confidence or your faith. I believe it's uh, Hebrews 10, 35 and 36, which has a great, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward. For you have need of endurance. Some translations say patience. I like endurance. For you have need of endurance that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. I have written on my vision, vision board at home, if I don't quit, I won't lose. If I quit, I will lose. If I don't quit, I'll win. Church family, that's the way it is. Sometimes you got to push through. Sometimes we got to get out of our oh poor me attitude and just push through. Push through the pain. Push through the suffering. Push through the heartache. Push through the unforgiveness. Push through uh, people not uh, you know, loving you anymore or people talking bad about you. Push through. If they talk bad about Jesus, they're going to talk bad about us. What do we need to do? Push through. Push through. Push through. Amen? All right, let's wrap this up. Verse 21 again, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet. Now we could spend another 30 minutes right here, but we're not going to do it. We are the body of Christ. If I am the body and Jesus is the head, he's the boss, amen? I'm from the neck down. The feet are part of the body. What did we just read here? He has put all things under our feet. Our feet. Our feet. There's the authority. There's the dominion. As I said a few weeks ago, dominion lost, dominion restored. What happens is, is we pray it once and then we just still feel it and still, ah, it's still hurting. It's still there. Keep Keep on keeping on. Don't let it go. But what if I die? You'll be with Jesus. Amen. Don't get off this whole. Here we are. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. We sing the songs. We want to get to heaven. And then when the doctor says, well, you're going to die, we all freak out. No, calm down. Stick with the word of God. If you, if it, you know, I don't want to put an if here, but sometimes we're just, didn't learn how to tap in fully. Just trust God. Trust God in your birth and now trust God at the other end. But till that moment, know that you have authority. I have authority. And learn how to say, fear not, only believe. Cancer, you got to go from my body. Fear not, only believe. Saturate yourself with the word of God. You know, a lot of people talk about the healing rooms of John G. Lake. It, it was so powerful. It was in the state of Washington that they, they literally had to shut down some hospitals because so many people were getting healed. But do you know, if you study it out, 
John G. Lakes would not allow anyone to come into his healing room unless they were willing to give him 30 days. So they didn't just walk in like we want today, you know, just microwave it in. I need it right now. 30 days, they saturate them with the word of God, with prayer, with the laying on of hands, with the anointing of oil, on and on and on. Quit thinking just because we didn't see the healing on the first minute that we didn't receive it. I've been battling some stuff in my body for over about two years now. I'm not letting go. His word is true. I'm holding on to the word of God. Amen? All right, here we go. Let's wrap up. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things. Who? The church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. That is the great Ephesians prayer. That is the prayer to pray over yourself every day. I remember Brother Hagin saying, I prayed that prayer, he said, literally thousands and thousands and thousands of times. And then one day I said to my wife, what have I been preaching? All of a sudden, revelation came and he became the great father of faith. He became the man that really taught us how to operate in faith. Start praying it. Write it down on a card. Lord, give unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of your will, that the eyes of my understanding are being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of our inheritance are in the saints. On and on, just speak it out, speak it out, speak it out. Amen, church family. I love you. I pray you got something out of this tonight. Let's close in prayer. Please do me one little favor. When this is all done, share it. Just share it. That's all you got to do. Hit the share button and let it just go out there. Well, people think I'm a fanatic because I, I, you know, I went to church on a Wednesday night. You really care what people think? Be an online evangelist. Man, I have to constantly throw things off my computer because they throw all this junk on there. Let's put the word of God out there, amen? Do me that favor. When we're all done, just hit share. If you're going to do it, put a thumbs up for me. Father, we thank you for this evening. Thank you again that Jesus is Lord. He is the resurrection and the life. And I thank you for the joy of my salvation. And I am looking up because, boy, what I'm seeing going on is everything the word of God said would happen. What did we think it was going to look like before the return of Jesus? Oh, Lord, I always put my expectors higher as we come to the Feast of Trumpets in September, Lord. No man knows the day or hour. Boy, it's interesting how the Feast of Trumpets, Lord, is not just the one day, but it's a few days. No man knows the day or hour. Mm-mm, don't know it. This evening, if you're with us, you've never asked Jesus into your heart to be your Lord, to be your Savior, then pray this prayer with me, and let's all pray together, even where you're at right now, amen? Say this with me. Dear God in heaven, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent of them. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for accepting me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're making that decision tonight, please let us know. Right there is on the screen is how to connect with us through either, excuse me, email or also through calling the church. Amen. Hey, I love you. 
Let me pray a blessing upon you as we wrap up tonight. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his confidence upon you and give you his shalom, shalom. Say with me, thank you, Father, for making me the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors that I am greatly blessed, highly favored and deeply loved, but I am blessed to go out and be a blessing. Start being a blessing tonight by sharing this. Amen. God bless.